Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. Happy holidays, Penn State football fans. Bob Flounders here with Johnny McGonigal. Early Monday afternoon. As you all know, James Franklin now holds his... <laughs> It's Tuesday pressures on Monday. We just heard from Penn State's coach, and I know a lot of people are, are interested if they haven't already heard. We're going to get into what the deal is at quarterback this week for Penn State's Friday night game at Ford Field against a struggling Michigan State team. Uh, we got we got a lot to get to today, Johnny. It's a short week, travel week. Uh, I know you've been to Ford Field before for an epic, epic college football game. I also, I'm not quite sure, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be making multiple multiple appearances at Ford Field this week. You can get into that if you'd like. I'm super pumped for you, but uh, glad to have you here. And we, we can get into the quarterbacks. But first, uh, you know your way around Ford Field, do you not? Bob, I'm a Ford Field aficionado. <laughs> I, I, know, I know my way around Detroit's finest indoor uh, football stadium. Now, I... Uh, I was out there for the 2019 Quick Lane Bowl, a bowl everyone remembers as an instant, an instant classic uh, between Pitt and Eastern Michigan when I was working for the Post Gazette a few years ago. Uh, I, I love flying out to Detroit on the night of Christmas for a December 26th bowl game. It was just, it was magical. Uh, and yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, me, Audrey Snyder from the Athletic, Daniel Gallen, formerly of Penn Live now, 24/7. Uh, both of those, uh, you know, uh, writers, they're both Packers fans. And so me, those two and John Sauber from the CDT are going out early and we're flying out Wednesday or driving out Wednesday for, for John and Audrey, I think, Daniel, and going to the uh, Lions Packers game on Thanksgiving. And then uh, and then we'll be back Friday night for Penn State, Michigan State. So uh, just can't get enough of Detroit in the holiday season. Uh, and uh you know, we, we figured if we were going to miss Thanksgiving flying out uh, the day before the game, we might as well, you know, go out two days before the game and and just watch some football. And maybe Sean Clifford will make his NFL debut if Jordan Love gets hurt or, or really isn't isn't playing well. We'll see. We'll see. Johnny, I have it on pretty good authority. And I think the authority might have been you in the press box over the weekend that fun fact, if there's any Penn State fans that are going out early and maybe want to go to that game. I heard I have a good authority that the beer prices might be the cheapest in the NFL, and you may or may not be pretty pumped about it. Yeah, may or may not be. Yeah, cannot confirm. Uh, sources close to the situation, though, indicate that I'm pretty happy about it. The actual price of the ticket, not so much because the Lions are pretty good, and I know Thanksgiving football is a big deal in Detroit, uh, but the, the, the beer prices will will certainly help. All right. I have a funny feeling if I do run into you then – I'm flying out 
I'm flying out Thursday, I think mid-afternoon. If I do by some chance, I'm sure I'll see you at some point. I'm hoping you have a nice big smile on your face. And there's a chance. There's a chance you might. You know I'll be betting David Montgomery anytime touchdown, Bob. <laughs> and I will be very happy. <laughs> All right. Let's let's pivot now to what, what the fans wanna 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 know. All right, so Drew Aller, right? It looked he looked like he was in a lot of pain uh, on the sideline after leaving the Rutgers game early in the third quarter. Um, looked like he was kind of trying to get his right arm, shoulder, upper arm loose. Um, it did. I did. He was in the injury tent for a while, Johnny. But it looked like as the game went on, um, you could tell he was not going to go back in the game. And Bo Prabula took over and did a, a really nice job. It just felt like. The, it seemed like he wasn't as uncomfortable the longer, you know, the longer uh, the game progressed. Did you, did you get that read number one? And uh, we have an update on whether or not Drew is going to play against Michigan State. Yeah, I thought Bo handled himself well. Uh, you know, coming in, rushing eight times for 71 yards. You know, his first play uh, after taking over for Drew was that 39-yarder uh, that kind of brought the crowd to life and you know, right down the Penn State sideline. And, you know, he ends up scoring a touchdown late in the game. Uh, you know, it's a very important touchdown, uh, you, you know, to some, Bob. You know, given, three times, given, I think he secured the cover for Penn State's fan base. I believe it's three. Yeah, every Penn State better loves Bo Perbola for just taking care of their wilds, taking care of them. But, no, I mean, like, from a football sense, he did look good. Now, he only threw the ball once, uh, you know, one completion uh, for nine yards. But on the ground, you know, he was as effective and, and as fast and as powerful as you would expect, and what we've seen, you know, in garbage time this year. So I thought Bo handled himself well, and talking to him after the game, he said that he was ready for a moment like that. He always prepares like he's a starter. Uh, he was he was that way last year when he was the fourth stringer behind Clifford, uh, Veyu, and Aller. Um, and so he he's been waiting for a moment like that. You never want to see you know a guy like Drew go down, but you know when opportunity presents itself, you take it. And I thought Bo did, and so I, I thought he 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 played pretty well. Uh, the update on Drew, though, is that uh, James Franklin expects him to play this weekend, you know, this Friday night at Ford Field against Michigan State. Uh, James said that, you know, it's it's early, but all indications would suggest that the quarterback position, everything will be normal and all systems go uh, against the Spartans. And so he does expect both quarterbacks to still have a role, still expect Bo Prabula, I think, to get into the game and and like he did early against Rutgers because he got in you know before Drew went down you know he was he was in there for the the Prabula package uh, and so I would expect to see that again uh, but this is also you know assuming Aller looks right and and feels right you know before the game and during the game after sustaining that hit against Rutgers it was it looked like he was like his right shoulder area Bob you know he was trying to you know extend and stretch a little bit and you know couldn't come back into the game after spending some time in the medical tent but. Uh, this is, I think, a good opportunity for Drew against a bad Michigan State secondary. Uh, they rank, I think, 92nd or 93rd in the FBS and pass efficiency allowed. Uh, so whichever quarterback is in on Friday night, I think we'll have, uh, you know, not an easy time because we've talked about Penn State's wide receivers, but uh, an opportunity to, to get right. Yeah, um, Bo did play great. Um, and, you know, he only attempted that one pass. But, you know, and the Penn State fans obviously – are thrilled with Bo, the, the the backup quarterback, always the most popular guy on the team if if the uh, if the production is a little bit spotty from time to time from the starter. Backup guy's always gonna be, always gonna be uh, you know, kind of beloved. And he did he has produced 
three late covers for Penn State betters. We can't overlook that. Um, but I, I do think, though, you know, it, Penn State fans have uh, they have good mem- good memories, Johnny. They want they don't want when they do see Bo, they don't want him to be what Will Levis was in 2019 when he backed up Sean Clifford. And Sean Clifford got hurt late in the season, and he actually had to leave the Ohio State loss. Uh, Will actually started against Rutgers in a game that was 27 to six in that one as well. And you know, during the COVID year, when he he was kind of a design, almost you know, almost like a you know, he was just he was just in the game to run. Penn State fans want to see him throw. It's not always that easy though, because with the RPOs, you know, Bo is so good at running. You know, if the opportunity presents itself, um, he's going to take off, and he more often than not, he's going to make a play with his legs. So it'll be easy. I wanted to ask you. It's it'll be fun to see what they do. It'll be interesting to see if Drew starts and. Johnny, if he does start, I mean, it's it only going to have been six days since he took that shot. Um, you just wonder what the game plan is going to look like. Drew has, as as the season has progressed, they've had more design runs for him. I don't know if that'll go out the window, but it could look a little bit different if Drew is the quarterback. Yeah, it could. And you mentioned it being on a short week. I think that does play a factor. Uh, you're playing on Friday night as opposed to Saturday afternoon or, or Saturday night. Um so, yeah, definitely. Uh, I would be surprised if you see another quarterback design run for Drew Aller uh, this season. Now, look, it, it, those have worked uh, to some degree, especially over the last few weeks. You know, we saw uh, the, the, the run that Drew had for a touchdown against Michigan. Uh, he picked up eight yards and, and I think a first down uh, before getting hit against Rutgers uh, by, I believe it was Flip Dixon, the safety for Rutgers came down and, and you know laid a shot on him. And I think from uh, at least the way James Franklin explained it post-game, uh, that, that Flip kind of came from behind another player. Like I don't think Drew saw him because otherwise he would have he would have gotten down and, and slid and, and made sure he didn't take that shot. Um, so in an ideal world, you, you don't have your – regardless of how you think he may or may not be playing this year, your five-star quarterback, your, your starting quarterback, you would rather not him take those kind of hits. And so – uh, I would be surprised if if they go back to that with him, unless he really is just feeling fine and it was really precautionary against Rutgers. But that was still a ten to six game at the time. Uh, I'm sure Penn State felt comfortable with with Bo being in there and, and closing out that game. But it's not like they were winning thirty five nothing and Drew got hurt and then they said okay, like totally precautionary and whatever. Uh, so we'll see. Um, but. I would expect Drew to start, you know, if he's going to play, I would expect him to start. Uh, and I would still expect Bo to, to get in there. And I think this game on Friday and then the bowl prep, you know, of you know, 15 practices they get, I think, uh, before whatever bowl game they would play in, I think, you know, goes a long way with these guys, uh, even if they don't have their coordinator in place with Mike Yersich being fired and, you know, Ty Howell and Jay Wansider sharing offensive coordinator duties for the time being until James Franklin makes that hire. Yeah, I think, you know what, a perfect world, I think, for Riley for Penn State, James Franklin and the two quarterbacks. Drew Starks has some success. Michigan State turns into Michigan State. Penn State's able to build a comfortable lead uh, at some point into the third quarter, maybe midway through. They let they let Bo play. He gets to throw a couple of passes. I think that would be a nice Thanksgiving uh, weekend gift for the fan base because they want to see what Bo, they want to see more of Bo, but also I think it's very important. Uh, if Drew's going to play, he needs to have some, a little bit of a confidence builder, you know, going into the bowl prep. You know, Drew, you know, 
it Bo has done great, right? But you, the fans just need to know, you know, when you when you have to deal with Ohio State's defense and Michigan's defense, uh, like like Drew did, it, it's gonna impact your performance. Those are two, they're two elite, they're two elite defenses, two elite teams, and it, it's just it, you know the numbers are gonna be impacted. Hopefully, they can both. Uh, they both can have a good showing against a Michigan State team. You know that it, it's it, they're just kind of struggling. It's been an awful year for Michigan State. Mel Tucker got fired. You know they've had a bunch of injuries. I know they beat Indiana, but they had some injuries in that game. Penn State Johnny is favored by twenty. Before we talk about that, I just wanted to ask you because I did think there was something to it. James kind of tried to play it down. You know, James went out of his way to to, to really kind of uh, salute the co-offensive coordinators, Jaywan Sider. And Ty Howe. But he did, he he kind of drops these hints and you just don't know how to interpret them. He said they only had one missed assignment. And he said, you know, that the, the, the game plan was kind of smaller, maybe more precise. Not, I mean, they were able to get stuff to to everyone a lot quicker. You know, was it a coincidence that Mike Yersich did all of that or tried to do all of that in the first, in you know, in the first 10 games? And and you know, I, I never heard, I never heard James really say anything to that effect when Mike was the OC, even last year. So I was just curious. He said, ah, you're making, he, Audrey asked him about it. And he said, you know, he, you know, he's, he doesn't ever want to be divisive. He's always respectful of, you know, everyone's feelings, but I don't know. I kind of, I kind of was the same as Audrey. I, I was wondering if, if there was, you know, if there's smoke, there's fire there. Yeah. Like you want to be respectful of everyone and you don't want to be divisive. And yet after the Michigan game, when you're asked about Drew, you go ahead and say, yeah, I thought we could have been better play calling and, and, getting, and getting our quarterback into rhythm, and then you fire the guy the next day. So, like, I don't know. It, it seems like a little bit mixed signals, mixed uh, messaging, and obviously James is not going to come out and say, "Yeah, that guy, that guy was terrible." But you can read between the lines. Like, you, you can, you can. You know, we've covered James Franklin for quite a while now, Bob. Like, you can, you can pick up what he's putting down. Um, and so and can the fans. So can the fans. And so can the fans. They're they're plenty familiar with his press conferences and comments and quotes and everything else too. So, uh, yeah. It, look, Mike Yersich is no longer the offense coordinator at Penn State, and and James is is tasked with with finding his replacement. And until then, it's going to be Jaywan and Ty, uh, two guys who James has said now on multiple occasions are loyal to Penn State. And he said, I believe last week. Uh, he said that you know what you're going to get from them, which again I think is like read between the lines. Like maybe he didn't know what he was going to get from Mike here such at times. Uh, he he said that pretty plainly, I, I think, at one point. Uh, so yeah, it's look. This is a team now that is. I think they'll. I think they'll look pretty similar uh, against Michigan State. They're going to lean on Katron Allen. They're going to lean on Nick Singleton. Um, I thought Tyler Warren and Theo Johnson would get a little bit more targets against Rutgers than they did. You know, Tyler had that really nice catch over the middle, uh, 23 yarder, I believe that was his season long. He's been reliable in the red zone uh, this year. So, yeah, I mean, if Drew is going to be throwing the ball a little bit more against Michigan State defense that uh, really cannot defend the pass uh, at all, you know, ranks pretty low, not only in the Big Ten, but in the FBS, uh, look for the look for those guys to, to be uh, involved more, especially if Harrison Wallace remains out, which he was against Rutgers. This is the Blue-White Breakdown. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the blue-white breakdown, the final regular season game for James Franklin's uh, Nittany Lions. I know you are hot on the trail of, of Penn State's potential bowl destinations. They still got to win a game, though. They're expected to win, and, and there's going to be some other results that will factor into, I think, where Penn State actually ends up. But I wanted to get to two more things uh, Penn State-related uh, on this podcast. In your opinion, do you think secretly Keandre Lambert-Smith is in some kind of witness protection program? That's number one. And number two, we have to get into, I'm going I'm to term it curious. James's curious answer to your question, which was a, which was a, a, a good one, you know, what's happened really, you know, Nick Singleton, thousand-yard rusher as a true freshman, Plenty of explosive runs, the Rose Bowl run, the epic Rose Bowl run. The guy was just lethal if he got the the slightest bit of room. You know, this year has not been 2022. The numbers are nowhere near where I think a lot of people expected them to be. And you, I think you asked Johnny, you asked uh, James, I'm paraphrasing, but how do you think Nick is kind of handling the fact this year compared to last year, and I, I could have expected just about anything from James because he's a master at kind of maybe deflecting and diverting uh, things away, but I did not see his answer to your question, how he did it. I did not see that coming. No, I, I didn't either. First of all, Keandre Lambert-Smith, maybe not in the witness protection program, but certainly uh, has not been you know a featured part of this offense the last two weeks. Um and it's going to be interesting to see he, he was one of many players with eligibility left that walked on senior day. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting to see if Keandre decides to come back for 2024, test the NFL waters and hope that, you know, his big play potential, it will intrigue a team. Maybe he transfers. Um, there, there's a lot of guys in, in that territory of like, do I stay or do I go? And so interesting to see what Keandre decides to do um, with regards to Nick. Yeah. I, I asked James, I said, look, Nick Singleton, you know, he's had his moments this year, but uh, hasn't had the type of season that many thought he would after what he did as a freshman, which was, I thought, establish himself as one of the best running backs in college football. Certainly one of the most explosive with those 40, 50 yard runs that he seemingly pulled off every week, ending the year in the Rose Bowl. Like the way that he performed last year, I thought was I thought was really promising. Uh, and this year hasn't been the case uh, from a running the ball standpoint. I mean, I even go back to uh, Saturday against Rutgers. There was a play where you know he had a wide open hole. If he, if he kind of just looked left and, and shimmy left, and he decided to just kind of burrow his head down, and you know it was a it was a goal to go run, and he didn't get in. Um, I think he's just he's missed some holes. He's he hasn't looked you know he hasn't had the same pop, the same juice. Uh, maybe maybe he put on some pounds and, and that's why. But uh, anyway, yeah, I asked James, you know, how has he kind of handled this year from a week to week standpoint, practice, practice, everything. And, and James said, like, I understand the question and I get it. And the stats are the stats. But at the same time, 
He said that he feels like Nick, they're going to go back and look at the film from this season and grade it better uh, than he was in 2022. And he was mentioned the run blocking, uh, the, the passing, like him and him in the passing game as a receiver. Uh, he, you know, he, he's had a few like, yeah, I remember a few catches. I think it was four or five at Northwestern, Bob. But it's not like he's out there, you know, catching wheel routes like Saquon was and, and taking them 50 yards. So, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't want to flat out disagree with it with an answer that James gave. But at the same time. Uh, th- there's a little, I'm sure a little spin there, right? Like you don't want to publicly say like, yeah, Nick hasn't had a good year. Like that, that's not what James is going to do. And that's not what the question was intended to get from him either. Um, but yeah, it was interesting that, 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 that's the way he, that's the way he went about it and, and just said that he thought that Nick is, is having a good year. And I think if you look at the stats, that certainly doesn't suggest it. Uh, and I think from an eye test standpoint, up, us up in the press box, you know, We've seen him miss some holes. It doesn't seem like he's looked right uh, this year. You know, certainly not the same explosive runner that he was last year. So uh, I, I'm interested to go back and rewatch all the games at the end of the year like, like I do. Uh, I'm not being paid millions of dollars like James Franklin is to assess his players and run his program. So uh, you know, he's, he's entitled to answer the question however, however he wants. Yeah, and uh, that that was that was certainly a unique uh, answer. And like you said, like he's – James is a big picture guy. He knows that everyone's, and it's not just the players, it's the parents. It's it's there. Everyone is everyone is listening uh, when he is asked a question. So I don't know if I'd call it diplomatic. I don't know what I would call that, but I I do know that to me. And there's there's two games left, but I'm pretty sure my my main takeaway from the Penn State 2023 season, two takeaways, um, the lack. Of explosive plays, not just from Nick Singleton, but from everyone. I mean, Johnny, if you would have told me after 11 games that the two longest rushes uh, by Penn State uh, backs, skill players, belong to Tank Smith and Bo Prabula, I would I would have bet. I don't know. I would have I would have found I would have found a loan shark, and uh, I'd be broke, and I'd probably have some uh, I'd have some uh, busted kneecaps because I would have bet there's no way that that is true. I think it's 39 and 34 yards are are the long, but it's also it's also the passing game. You know, Keandre Lambert Smith 72 yard catch and run score against West Virginia in like 95 degree heat. We're like, wow, maybe this maybe James is right all along. He was a true number one field stretcher. They finally got the guy. He's finally you know stepping out into the spotlight. Last year's Rose Bowl performance wasn't a fluke you know but it just it just has not come together that's my one takeaway and there's still time for the change and also the, the way the way the defense has played uh consistently and you know they just don't have anything to show for it when you look at how Penn State's offense performed against Ohio State and Michigan to me those are the things right now that stick out but I did think Nick the, the Nick Singleton answer was sure certainly unique and I don't know I don't know if the tape is going to bear that out but I salute James for his creative way of kind of answering what was a, a pretty, pretty, you know, pr- I mean, it, it was an honest question from you, just trying to seek some answers, get his input. But I just, I just never thought he would go in that direction. No, I didn't either. And, but you know, look, it, even amid all that, you know, the, the lack of explosive plays, you know, Nick and some guys on the team, it's not just him, right. That have, uh, that have not, you know, maybe performed, or at least put up the stats that they would have hoped uh, this season. Penn State, you know, they're still sitting here nine and two. Uh, you know, obvious losses to Michigan and Ohio State, but uh, you know, an opportunity to go to ten and two against Michigan State. And at that point, 
Bobby, you mentioned the bowl prospects earlier in the pod. Uh, they're they're firmly in the New Year's Six category uh, right now. Um, whether that's you know it's going to be an at large bid most likely because the loser of Ohio State Michigan uh, that you know won't go to the Big Ten title game. You would think that the loser of that game probably won't make the playoff and that they would be slotted into the Orange Bowl. Uh, so for Penn State as an at large, you've got the Fiesta Bowl out in Arizona, uh, the Peach Bowl in Atlanta, uh, and the Cotton Bowl. Uh, in Dallas. And in terms of potential opponents, you know, the group of five slot looks like it's going to go to Tulane, but it might go to SMU, might go to, uh, I mean, UTSA is a chance. Like there, there's some teams in that mix still. Uh, and then, you know, maybe Texas, maybe Alabama, uh, if they don't make the playoff, would be intriguing uh, opponents. Oregon and Washington uh, also in the mix there. I'm not sure, Bob, if if uh, bowl execs are going to try to avoid that, where you know you know future Big Ten members going up against a Penn you know a Penn State, uh, especially maybe Washington, uh, because Penn State and Washington are playing each other in 2024. Uh, so that's just something just something to keep in mind as we look at all these bowl projections, and uh, you know certainly you know plenty of people are you know trying to plan their travel, and you won't be able to do that you know officially until next Sunday. Uh, when the polls are announced after conference championship Saturday. Uh, but just, yeah, something to keep in mind, something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Johnny, I don't think I don't think um, being a rocket scientist here, I think we both expect Penn State to take care of business on Friday at Ford Field against a Michigan State team that's four and seven. Uh, they did they did just beat Indiana, but they are they are low on scholarship players. You know, there's not I don't know. I would not call. I don't know that there's any elite talent. Uh, at least veteran talent that's that's left on that team. Tough year beginning with the Mel, T- Mel Tucker uh, scandal, and they, they moved on from Mel. But I did want to say this. I do think it's important. I do think Penn State fans care. How do you see Ohio State, Michigan playing out in Ann Arbor on Saturday? What are you looking for? We both got good looks at both teams. Uh, Jim Harbaugh will not be uh, on the sideline for that game. Uh, I mean, Ohio State certainly – uh, has gotten better, I think, as the year has progressed. But I think it's a fascinating game. Michigan's won the last two, um, and you know, you know, Connor Stallions is not going to be a part. I think of this uh, this game prep for for Michigan this year. I'm pretty sure. How do you see it playing out? Just generally speaking, I don't know what the total is in this game, but I I just feel pretty strongly it could go differently. But those two defenses, I think, are really going to dictate you know, who's going to win that game. Bob, you know, those costume glasses with the mustache, the Connor Stallions is going to be wearing one of those uh, on, on Saturday during the game. No, I, I think, I think Ohio state wins and I know they're the betting underdog right now. I think it's a three and a half, four points. Um, I just think they, they have the best player of, of anyone in Marvin Harrison Jr. And JJ McCarthy hasn't really impressed me this year. Like I know that he was getting some Heisman buzz, you know, before the Penn State game, and you know, Michigan could lean on the run and Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum uh, at Beaver Stadium, and they did that to great effect. But if you feel like you have a difference maker at quarterback, you would think you would want to kind of unleash him a bit. And they didn't use him at pretty much at all in the second half against Penn State. I know we had that nice run on third and long, but uh, I think Ohio State's defense is vastly improved. I like what Tim Knowles has done with that unit a lot. The offensive line for Ohio State doesn't necessarily impress me. But, I mean, when you have Marvin Harrison Jr., you can just run a drag route with that guy, a little shallow crosser, 
Like just spam that 30 times and and he's going to make a big play. Uh, and I, I really think that this is going to be a big game for Marvin. Uh, and we talk about the Heisman and, you know, a lot of times it's viewed as like a quarterback award. Uh, this could be a game where Marvin Harrison goes out and has 15 catches for 150 yards against a really good Michigan defense. Like I, I think both defenses are really good. Um, and I think it could be a lower scoring affair, but I think Marvin Harrison will be the difference and Ohio State's going to win. Yeah, I'm fascinated too. Not that not that they needed to. I mean, I think if you're if you're Michigan's defensive coaches and there's one game tape you want to watch really closely to get ready for the it's the Penn State Ohio State game and what Marvin was able to do when Penn Penn State tried to play strength on strength. I thought a large part of that game, you know, they have some Penn State got some really good really good corners and it didn't matter. Kalen King had. Had the bulk of the assignment, uh, but I think Johnny Dixon saw some some work too. It didn't. It did not work if they didn't have help. It just did not work. He's too big, too fast. He's he catches just about everything in sight. So uh, it's going to be a tough matchup. They're going to have to give whoever it is some help and to try and take him away. Yeah, and one more thing too on Ohio State. I think Travion Henderson is really rounding into form and playing really well. Uh, the running back after dealing with after dealing with some injury issues earlier in the season, uh, you know, keeping tabs on the game over the weekend. I know it was Minnesota, um, but he's looked really good. And, you know, he could you know, go back last year to when Ohio State played at Penn State and Travion kind of finished the game off with a, it was a what, 30, 32 yard run. Uh, you could see that again uh, this weekend, I think against Michigan. He's playing that well right now. Yeah. Uh, low, I, see, I see it low score. I know you do. And I, I have not been yeah. all that impressed with Michigan's quarterback. He didn't. I don't even think he played that well. I think against against you know Maryland, uh, you know down in down in College Park. Looking forward to seeing that game, Johnny. Looking forward to seeing you at Ford Field. You're going there twice. I'm a little jealous of that, but uh, I might just camp out. I I might just stay there. I might just you know go to the Lions Packers game and then you know find a nice uh, like you know ramp up to the top section and just like sleep there until until Friday night. All right, guys. We will be back at some point to recap. Uh, next week to recap what we saw from Penn State, Michigan State, what we actually learned about Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, we could we could talk about some other things as Penn State's you know search was really going to I think intensify. I would imagine for the next OC once the regular season uh, concludes. But all signs point to Penn State winning uh, a tenth game in the regular season, finishing ten and two in the regular season for the second consecutive year. And then we're going to learn where they're going to go in the bowl game in about two weeks, Johnny. And have safe travels to Detroit. I'll see you at some point. I'm looking forward to getting to Ford Field. And Penn State fans, if you're going to go, if you're going to go to uh, Detroit for this game, hey, keep an eye on, keep an eye out for Johnny and I, Joe Hermit. We're all going to be out there. Looking forward to it as Penn State goes for win number ten. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. <laughs>